Benny Vinny Amari. We came, we saw, we loved. Welcome to the Partnership Vision Podcast, where we discuss how to have a relationship full of unity, trust, fun, and fulfillment. We'll be sharing the rewards of preparing yourself for your best partner and being your best for them. So it's very important to be able to get to the place of controlling your desires, controlling what you want, having the patience and knowing that a lot of times when it is hitting you the strongest and what you desire, what you want is really just crushing you on the inside, it's probably because you're either getting really close to when it's going to happen and so temptation is going to come really strong to try to get you to go the wrong way and get you to mess it up before you get what you're meant to have in the first place. Or you're coming to a crucial point of needing to deal with your priorities, deal with your values, you know, have a self analysis of, am I really wanting the right things? You know, am I really putting my focus on what's right for my life right now because it may be that you are getting ahead of yourself getting ahead of time you know you're wanting something really badly right now like if you're wanting the person you're going to be married to when you're 15 years old newsflash you're not ready you know you're 15 years old like it's okay you know there's nothing wrong with having the desire and being aware of the desire that you want to be married that you want to have that person that is going to love you and be with you the rest of your life and that you can love and be there for them. There's nothing wrong with kind of coming to a realization that that's there in you. But what becomes a bad thing is when you begin to to fantasize and fixate and think that it's something that you need and you got to have right now when the reality is, no, you're not ready for it. You know, you're not going to be able to do it right. And whatever kinds of relationships you do get into they're not going to be the ones that last forever. They're not going to be the ones that will carry on with you forward in the future. And I can say that with certainty because you're not the same person you're going to be five or six years from now. You're not the same person you're going to be two years from now, three years from now. You know, there's so much change, so many things that are coming that are ahead of you. And you might feel like you're an adult because you're so different from what you were like last year. You're so different maybe from what you were like last month, two months ago, three months ago. You know, some big things might have happened in your life. You might have some new feelings that you've never felt before. And the feeling is, wow, I've matured. Wow, I've really come forward. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm grown up from where I was. But the reality is you're still not 18. You're still not 20. You're still not in your 30s. You're still not in your 40s. There's still benchmarks of wisdom and maturity and growth in your own mind and your own emotions that you've not reached yet. You know, like we know that the cognitive science is that really our prefrontal cortex, which is involved in all of our ability to to think and plan and think ahead to the future, delay gratification, think on a strategic level about bigger things than just what we're feeling, what we're dealing with right now, and the emotions and feelings of reward centers and stuff that we're dealing with in the moment. All of that ability to plan ahead and think ahead and think beyond just this moment and what's ultimately for our good 
is still not even developed fully until you're like 26 to 28 years old. So all that time before, your brain is not even done developing its capacity for you to actually plan ahead to have a good future. So we really need to be humble and be honest with ourselves and realize that we often are taken in by the tyranny of the urgent. We feel that we need this now. We feel like we're ready now. And that's not the truth. You know, that that desire, it is broadcasting our future. It is broadcasting something that we do. There is, there is a need in there. There is something that we are meant to have at some point in our life. But that's not necessarily now. So take that into consideration. Understand that when your desire is strong enough, but you don't have the truth, you don't have good guidance, all sorts of lies are circulating and all sorts of different things are out there trying to get you. All these different options are being spread out to you as an open bar, as a big old palette that you can choose from. And they're not all safe. It's not just all good. You can't just walk away from every one of those choices. You know, the whole kind of concept of, oh, well, you're young and you should try things and do different things and be young and dumb. No, you should not be young and dumb. You can be young and smart. You can be young and wise. You can be young and patient. You know, you don't need to be a coward. You don't need to be afraid of trying new things, but you can really observe and investigate and research and figure things out before you just rush off into new experiences and rush off into, I want, I want to feel new sensations. And that's not wisdom, you know, and that's not going to, that's going to lead you to a lot of heartache because the reality is when you try to go after prematurely relationships and, and things and experiences that you're really not ready for yet in life, and you try to dive headfirst into them, you get a lot of heartbreak. You walk out sometimes with addictions. You walk out sometimes with being really mentally scarred, being emotionally damaged. And life sometimes is a pretty high risk proposition and living life without wisdom, living life without understanding the risks of what you're doing and what you're getting into, it just opens you up to all sorts of bad stuff. So from the get go, that's one of the first things of brainwashing. We're brainwashed into thinking that it's okay to try all kinds of crazy and stupid things that are not really a good idea in our age bracket and where we're at, you know, that we're nowhere near ready for. And on that same note, another form of brainwashing in that same way is even if you're not 28 and under, say you're 44 or 54 or even 74, it doesn't really matter. You still have a lot of growth to do. You still have a lot of learning to do. The saying of, oh, well, I'm an old dog and I can't learn new tricks. That's culturally learned. It is not a fact. You still have a lot to give, a lot to do, and you just have to have the mindset and will to do it. Yeah, and back to the science. I mean, we have what neurologists have discovered. We have neuroplasticity, all of us, and no matter what age we're at, where our mind is capable of rearranging and healing itself. We are producing new brain cells, contrary to the 80s science of what they thought about the brain. We are actually able to grow new, new brain cells. We're able to have areas where the brain is damaged heal itself. We're able to change the actual trees of our thoughts, those, neur those neural 
patterns that have gotten developed that are there, you know, the actual brain cells that have gotten reinforced in these ways of thinking and life experiences that we've had, we're actually able to change and mold our brain and mold what we're doing through our thinking, through the practice of how we choose to live, what we choose to consume as far as information, how we choose to take an attitude to life. We're able to change it. Our repetitive behavior will build our brain in a certain way. And when you choose the things that are negative and that are damaging, you know, from an emotional standpoint, from a psychological standpoint, that does create these disconnected and messed up branches of neurons in your brain, these synapses that are all twisted and and jacked up, and it causes you physical damage. It causes you actual physical damage in your brain. But the good thing is, we can change our choices. You do have neuroplasticity. Even if you are 80 years old and you've been a complainer your entire life and you've been looking at the dark side of everything your entire life, you can actually, even at this point, choose to change your habits. And by choosing to focus on the positive, choosing to focus on the good, trying to see that there is actually a silver lining, you know, that things are actually better than what they've seemed like your whole life. If you make a conscious decision to start thinking that way, you can reverse the damage to your brain of 80 years of negative thinking. That neuroplasticity and that power that we have of our choices is just an amazing God-given gift. And we need to realize that and use it to the full extent and understand that this thing goes both ways. This swings both ways. You know, it can either be used to our advantage as we choose to grow ourselves and build ourselves and and heal our brain and heal our minds and go in the right direction, or it can be used by learning all the wrong responses, all the wrong reactions and, and patterns in our thinking and our emotions to life and the things that are going on around us. We're choosing these inputs. We're choosing how we think about the things that happen to us all the time, and it is getting stored up in our brain. And to quote Star Wars, I'm kind of becoming infamous for this, but Qui-Gon in The Phantom Menace said, your focus will become your reality. And so what you focus on, just like Sean was saying, whether it be positive or negative, it's going to come out into what's physically around you or what's physically you. And like we were saying, brainwashing can be done actually by your own self. And by saying, you know, I'm too old to do this, I'm too weak, you know, I am an old dog, I can't learn new tricks, the, I, I wish I was younger, my day, my good days are behind me, all these things are going to make you weak. You're, you're gonna... I'm just a kid, I am young and dumb, I don't, I don't want to be too serious, I need, I need to just play and try all kinds of different things. It's like both young generation and older generation, you both have the same issue, it's just in a different direction. And... For those that are over 28 and are maybe even into their 70s and 80s, use the positives because brainwashing is most, in most cases, is referred to as negative, which it is very negative, but at the same time, positive self-talk or there's different words for it, but speaking words of life over yourself, you know, is like, yeah, you, you can't be like, oh, well, I'm 30 when I'm 80, when I'm 84. Like, it's like, yeah, okay, no, you're physically not 30. Yeah, I, we get that. But you can be 30 mentally. You can be 30 in spirit. And what you have internally comes out externally. 
if you believe that hey yeah i'm gonna go swimming with my grandkids even though i feel like i have noodle arms and i can't do anything you can do it and even if you have to take baby steps do it i mean live life guys live life it starts with a positive attitude exactly you have to have the right mindset and then work from there and sure maybe you've been very cynical and it's going to take some time to get out of that but the point is you need to start to live i i have relatives personally that have been so bitter and so miserable for five or six decades and have just become so bitter and so mean and miserable and want those around them to be miserable because misery loves company and they're jealous of, of other people's happiness because they don't have their own but in reality they've chosen not to let go of past trauma or past faults past situations that that caused the bitterness seed to grow and you don't have to be miserable and it's it's very unfortunate for somebody to live a life a whole lifetime being miserable and just even use one of the quotes that I've heard that we kind of, not in a mean way, but we laugh about it. We kind of use it as an inside joke on occasion. But one of the things that was told to me by this certain family member was, there ain't nothing to laugh about this time of night. You know, it's like, so you can't be happy at nighttime? <laughs> it's like, no, I mean, sure, you're tired and you're, you might be hurting, but you're actually making the choice not to be happy that even though you're in a actually not a bad place and you have all kinds of things around you you have your family you have food you have resources but no one should be laughing at five o'clock in the evening and that's also a great example of like the power of suggestion i mean on the surface level we can hear that and be like what but what have you heard that every day you know, what if that was something that somebody said over and over again, somebody important in your life or just somebody you can't get away from and without a sufficient like just response back like, uh, no, it, any time of day is a good time to be happy. Any time of day is a good time to be smiling or laughing other than like when you literally ought to just be asleep. What do you mean it's not the time of day to be smiling, to be laughing? If you don't have that kind of response then that's going to wear you down. You know, that might actually hit you. Power of suggestion be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be happy. You know, like on some level, that's going to be kind of assailing you, making you feel corrected, making you feel, oh, maybe I shouldn't be smiling right now. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe I need to calm down because of the time of day that it is or whatever. And you have to literally like, no, hang on a second. That's not right. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and sometimes people correct and they're right. You know, the corrections are true. Their corrections are accurate. But not every time somebody's correcting you, are they really telling you the truth? Are they really saying something that's right? You know, and you got to recognize how the power of somebody correcting, somebody trying to correct your viewpoint or correct your behavior, sometimes they're way off and their feelings, putting guilt on you, putting a sense that you're doing something wrong or whatever it is manipulation. It is brainwashing. It's trying to warp your perception of reality. And that's something we're going to start moving forward into some more is actually about one of the ways that information is actually channeled at us. 
which is through symbolism. So symbolism is highly compressed information. A logo or picture can be quote unquote worth a thousand words because of how many concepts and opinions we have that are attached to an image that are instantly brought to our subconscious mind as we are exposed to it. We can have complex narratives and pre-processed chains of thought very deeply encoded into our minds. It is often from this coding that we get our interpretations of the symbols around us. And so this, uh, wow, the power of symbolism, this is something that we totally underestimate. Like, we don't get the fact that we are so wired by what we have learned from our culture, what we have learned from our family that we live in, you know, basic things, things like animals, you know, if you call somebody a pig, it's a bad thing. You know, if you say somebody is hawkish, then you're saying that, you know, they're kind of, they're, they're very sharp, you know, they're very piercing, you know, or an eagle's majestic, but a dog, you dog, you know, means it has this negative connotation, even though we like dogs. So there's all this symbolism around different words, but then different pictures as well. You know, like the imagery that is conjured by our words and actual imagery through pictures and through video, it can have so much connotation, so much information just packed into you know, like a short 15 second clip or just one one picture that we see that's painted, you know, for whether it's an advertisement or some kind of ideologue that is trying to convey an idea, trying to convey a concept to us. We're very easily influenced even by something as simple as, oh, there's smiling faces, there's smiling people. Oh, look, you know, they're opening up that light beer and everybody's happy, everybody's enjoying themselves, you know? And it's not reality, you know, it's that they're all posing for a picture. They're all, you know, their their likenesses are being used. They probably don't even actually have that product in their hands. They just have a can that looks like it. There might not even be fluid in it, you know? It's none of it's real, it's all just a setup. And it's just there to conjure to us that symbol, that meaning, the meaning of the symbol, the interpretation is, oh, with this product, it makes people happy and it brings people together. And so it's giving you this entire picture that you are instantaneously in the back of your mind believing that this is the setting and this is the scenario and you're making this relationship in your mind between these two different things. And so you are becoming convinced without even realizing, especially if you see it over and over again, it's consistently coming at your psyche, coming at your unconscious mind that, oh, this is how I should feel about this product or this thing. This is what's associated with it. Oh, good feelings. So symbolism is very powerful. And on top of that, I mean, there, it can also drive you away from someone or something. You know, it can be by associating someone with something like an inference to Nazism, an inference to something being like too prudish, you know, kind of religious or whatever. It can make somebody, oh, they're too serious. It can make them seem like they're not a nice person. They're, they're not cool. You know, they're not fun. And you can get this whole impression, this whole image of someone, whether it's a political candidate or whatever, that creates this image, this unconscious kind of thought, this feeling about them that's like, oh, that's nobody. I, I don't like that. I don't identify with that. I don't want to be like them. And 
So whenever you see anything related to them, then you're like, oh, nope, that's that's that person. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that. And so it's being used in that case to drive you away and give you the negative interpretation of things involving and relating to that person. And kind of on a lighter note, it kind of brings back an image for me. So bring you back to the 90s, maybe early 2000s, but... I think it it was related to maybe like stranger danger or just security on a property, but you would see signs of this just kind of just a solid, uh, just a solid figure, but it was a kind of like a fedora hat with a big trench coat with the the collar popped up and they're looking over their shoulder as like stranger danger. (laughs) And when you saw it, you just knew what it was. So basically going into the next point, An example of this is how we instantly recognize logos and trademarks and brand-associated aesthetics, and it immediately evokes feelings and thoughts we have associated with the product or service or the company and the concepts they've come to represent to us, which is like exactly like what Brandy was just saying. Instantly, we're already preset when we see certain imagery, when we have certain symbols of oh, yay, I like this, or this is this is a good person, or this is a good thing, this is something that makes me happy, or oh, this is the kind of thing that makes me sad, or this is, oh, this is what stirs my anger when I see this is this kind of a thing is going on, or whatever. And the reality is, it can all be totally manufactured, it can all be totally contrived, and it has nothing to do with what is actually going on, it's just all about playing on that preset that you already have about your imagery and and the things that how you interpret the symbolism of what's going on around you kind of like aspca commercials with the sad puppies looking through the bars and like the kitty cat reaching through the barred window like please help me love me i'm so sad yeah you know and that's not to say that there aren't actually tragic situations that that's going on yeah but, definitely that is out there i'm not saying there that isn't. Not every <laughs> single aspca rescue is exactly like that some of them are literally just like hey we can't keep these dogs and they end up with the aspca you know like but they're trying to drive your emotions so please donate we got to do something oh the poor kitties the poor puppies yeah it's totally grabbing you by your emotions grabbing you with the imagery you know and tugging on some pre-programmed responses of if you're really an animal lover that that kind of a thing just bothers you then it's going to to spur you to do something so it's you know totally an example of whether for good or for evil it's manipulation it's manipulation and taking advantage of how your emotions and things have become wired in response to certain images in response to how you interpret these symbols and things around you this podcast is a part of our ministry partnership vision which is dedicated to youth and young adults who are in need of support wisdom or healing so that they can live their best life with the people they're meant to be a part of. You can help support us by sharing our show with others directly, posting about us or reposting on social media, or by donating to us financially through our donorbox.org link, which you can find in the description for this episode. Thank you and have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us where the heart is heard. Partnership Vision Ministries. Stay driven by love. So you can wreck all the fear. 
You can check us out on Instagram at Partnership Vision Ministries. Or on Facebook on Partnership Vision Ministries page. And even Twitter at PVisionM. Y'all come back now, you hear? 